Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Hi, of course, it's the first day of the 21-day Daniel Fat. How many of y'all already messed up? Wait a minute. All right, okay. <laughs> Forgive me, Mary, Martha, Jesus, Michael, Nim. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles high. I got a word for you today. Let's make our confession of faith. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me. Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. Amen. Remain standing if you would. Flip over to Matthew chapter 17. I like when we sing them country songs like that. Amen. Matthew chapter 17. I know in Denver we don't know very much about country church, but. Anybody that's not from here that you know a little something about country church, you know, little, all, right, all right, okay. See, see that's, that's where you just, okay, all right. Matthew 17, verse 20, you got it? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a what? Must see, we just spent the whole uh, last two months of 2010 talking about faith. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Now, look at your neighbor and say, that's pretty simple. There's nothing difficult about that. There's nothing that uh, 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 you need extra knowledge for that. He says, say to the mountain, move, and the mountain will move. And nothing will be impossible for who? You. Now, say that's talking about me. Look at verse 2, though. 21. However, I love Jesus because uh, you think it's over after that verse. Say to this mountain, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, be moved and cast over to there, and it's going to happen. But then Jesus says, however, this kind only comes by what? Fasting and prayer. Okay, okay. Now, now here's what I want you to see. Most people read that and think that they're, they're talking about how Jesus cast that particular, uh, 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 the, ep- the man that dealt with epilepsy in verse 15. Most people think, well, when he says this kind, he's talking about that. Problem is, verse 21 is not only talking about that, it's also talking about saying to the mountain, be removed. No, I need you to get this. 
he, he says, not only are you going to have to say, mountain, be thou removed. He said, but the only way that mountain's going to heed you is through fasting and prayer. So some of you trying to figure out why my mountain not moving. Because you had one paddle working for prayer. But the fasting paddle wasn't working. Y'all ain't, y'all, y'all, I, I must. Okay, one, one, one more place. Go to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. Uh, give me a little bit more monitor if you would. I want to sound like Bishop Barry White. Amen. <laughs> Isaiah 58, I want you to go down to verse number 6. Got it? Now, don't let this, the snow uh, chill y'all out. You got it? All right, watch this. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Now, now, who's talking? God. Look what he says. Look what I'm going to do during this fast. I'm going to loose the bonds of wickedness. That's if there's some stuff going on in your family. There's some stuff going on in your bloodline. There's some stuff that's got a hold of you. He says, I chose this fast to take care of that. Uh, to undo heavy burdens. Anybody got some burdens? Wave at me. Okay, good. So this fast is going to get rid of that. Uh, to let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Now, if I had time, I, I, I'd go through that and execute that for you because it says, not that I'm going to break the yoke, but you're going to break the yoke. The fast is going to give you the strength to do it. Verse 7. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? He doesn't mean that literally. When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Now, I'm going to tell you that. Look, look what he says. He says, fasting is going to show you yourself. He, he says, don't you hide yourself from your own flesh. In essence, God says, when you fast and when you fast properly, and we're going to talk about that today. When you fast properly, he says, I'm going to show you what you look like. Because you seem to think your problem is everybody else. God says, I'm going to show you the man in the mirror. Ain't no runners going to be on the day. That's fine. I'm going to preach it real hard then. Okay, watch this. Look, look verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Well, when's your light going to break forth? After you see yourself? In essence, God says, ain't no light coming until you get you straight. So you can quit praying about Luther Nam and Johnny Nam and Chris Nam. No, God says you need to get you straight, and then some light going to come. Look at your neighbor and say, that's for you. I'm feeling a bit apostolic today. I'm going to get in your Kool-Aid. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, which means if you got sickness in your body that you're making slow progress on, God says, I chose this fast to change that. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your real God. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. In essence, he's saying, you've been calling, but I ain't been answering. I ain't been answering because you couldn't see me. You couldn't see me because there was so much of you in the mirror. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of your finger, oh my God. In essence, he says, if you get out of everybody else's business and start minding your own business and stop pointing your <laughs> yes Jesus <laughs> and speaking wickedness gossip watch this look what he says if you take away the yoke from your mess pointing your finger getting everybody else's business speaking wickedness, uh, wickedness gossip if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as noonday the Lord will guide you how often 
continually. And what is he going to do? Satisfy your soul when it feels like it's in drought. He says, and I'll strengthen your bones. You're going to be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repair of, of the breach, the restore of streets to dwell in. In essence, what he's saying is, is he says, your decision and action to fast here will change things in generations that are to come. So, so, so in essence, you got to understand, the purpose of this fast is not just so you can get something. It's so that your children and your children's children and your children's children's children, this is a generational thing. Father, you hear me, you always hear me. I pray now that you would customize, tailor make this word for your people, God, that people that are sitting under the sound of my voice, whether it be in here on the DVD or on the CD or on the internet campus or in the overflow in the video cafe, I pray, God, now that you would speak to them in such a supernatural way that they would understand this is the fast you have chosen to change their lives. God, I just need some faith in the place. I said, this is the fast that you have chosen to change their lives. In 21 days, not only will people around them not be able to recognize who they are, but they won't be able to recognize themselves because you're getting ready to put some things in them that need to be there and extract some things out of them that don't. And we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name. High five two or three people as you take your seats and say, this fast will change your life. This fast will change your life. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Of course, last week we talked about putting first things first. Say first things first. Uh, we talked about this point that order starts with a thirst for him in your life and not just what God can do for you. Nobody likes being in a relationship with someone that the entire basis and premise of the relationship is what the other individual can do uh, for them. You like being in a relationship that's symbiotic, which means it works both ways, which means it's give and take, which means you're going to give some, I'm going to take some, and then you're going to uh, take some, and then I'm going to give some. That's the kind of relationship that you enjoy. So God says, if you enjoy that, why would you not think that I enjoy that. So, so many times as believers, we spend time asking God what he can do for us, and very few people say, God, what can I do for you? It is the individual that asks the question, God, what, that I, what can I do for you, that ends up being like an Abraham. It is the individual that asks that question that ends up being like a David. It is the individual that asks that question that God says, I can use them to do things I can't trust other people to do. Are you still here? Uh, no, no. <laughs> now, watch this. Uh, uh, order starts with a thirst for him. Now, we talked about this last week. If I get thirsty for him, I get everything that comes in his entourage. Remember, I gave that, uh, that, that, uh, that visual so you could see on last week. Uh, what comes with God? Goodness, mercy, blessing, favor, prosperity, wholeness. All that comes with the package. So rather than trying to get those individual attributes, it'd be incumbent upon us to get him. Because if we get him, we get all of the attributes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, that was the problem that the, the prodigal son, his brother had. The prodigal son's brother, the one that stayed in the house. The problem with him was this. Is he said to himself, uh, listen, we're doing all this, all this fancy stuff. And you're killing a fatted calf. And you're giving him a robe. And you're giving him a ring of gold and all this. You're doing all of this. And, and you're not doing none of that for me. And the father looks at the son that stayed and said, boy, you must be crazy. What you didn't understand is you were with me the whole time. Which means everything I had was already yours. 
Because you had me, not just my stuff. Are you getting this? Look at your neighbor and say, get God. Now, 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 this is important. Now, now, we talked about how do we develop a hunger for him. I told you last week, you develop a hunger for him through two things. What are they? Fasting and prayer. We're simple stuff, but, but now watch this. There are some things that will not happen in your life until you fast. Jesus said, this kind, what kind? The kind that speaks to mountains. This kind only comes by fasting and prayer. I know we live in a day now where it's all about self-indulgence. It's all about what we want and what we can get and what we're going to get out of it and what's in it for me and all of this kind of thing. But but there, I believe there are still some people that believe in the power of fasting and the power of prayer. Jesus said there's some stuff that's not going to happen for you until you combine the two. Which means he says you can pray until you blow in the face. I'm not moving. You can beg me until you're blue in the face. I'm not moving. You can give till you're blue in the face. I'm not moving. Okay. Are, are you still here? Uh, now, now, watch this. Here, here's one of the things Christians are notorious for saying. As a matter of fact, uh, what's it? Donnie McCurry wrote a song. After you've done all you can, you just stand. I got a problem with that song. I do. I'm going to tell you a problem with that song. What if everything you've done isn't everything there is to do? He said, after I've, done every, after I've done all to do, I just stand. But if you're standing on half doing stuff and half done stuff, you're standing in vain. So what happens when everything you knew to do isn't everything there is to do? Okay, ain't nobody going to say nothing. Preach, Bishop. They shout no line. I see them on Facebook. Watch this. Watch this. Fasting involves the who, the what. The when, the where, the why, and I'm going to add one, the how. Okay? Now, this is important because fasting for many people is the missing link in breakthrough. We sing about breakthrough. We pray for breakthrough. We ask for breakthrough. We ask for rain. We ask for outpouring. We ask for all these things. Yet many times there is a missing link. Say missing link. There is a missing link. That we need in order to connect us to that particular thing. Now, uh, the first question is the who. You ready? Now, now in Scripture, we're going we're to cover uh, three people that, that fasted. You ready? Uh, first is Second Chronicles chapter 20. Write it down. We're not going to turn there. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I promise you the story is there. Uh, Jehoshaphat and Judah. Uh, Jehoshaphat was now uh, king of Judah, and he was in an interesting predicament because he got word that three of their notorious enemies were coming against them, the Ammonites and the people of Moab, the Moabites, and the people from Mount Seir. And it was at this particular time, Second Chronicles chapter 20 says, that Jehoshaphat feared, and his immediate response was, I don't know what to do, so what we're going to do is fast. He said, I'm not quite sure whether or not we're supposed to go to the left, we're supposed to go to the right, we're supposed to go up, supposed to go down. So he said, I tell you what, before I make any dumb decisions, let's fast. Before I get on the phone and call somebody and say something I have no business saying, let me fast. Because if we fast, we're going to incline our ear to God. Because maybe these enemies that are in front of us, maybe we're gearing up for a battle we're not even going to have to fight. So rather than putting ourselves on the battlefield, trying to get ready to fight, sharpening our knives, sharpening our weapons, why don't we see what God says? Because maybe God will say, all I need you to do is send Judah first. All I need you to do is send your praise first and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But he fasted, and, and the names of the people that came against him are very interesting because the Ammonites mean people came against him. The word Ammon means people. 
So these enemies understand you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. Which means the first enemy that came against them was other folk. Which means when you're dealing with battles with other people, rather than cussing them out and acting crazy and getting all this where you got to repent and ask for forgiveness later, the first thing you need to do is say, let me get myself on a fast because if I fast, God will tell me how to handle this. But the second enemy was the Moabites. The Moabites is interesting because Moab means from the father, which means it was generational curses. God, I wish I had time to work it the way I need to work it. But the Moabites represented generational sin that was coming against them. Which means the same thing that took out their grandmama and their mama was now knocking at their door trying to take them out. The same thing that took out grandfather and father is now trying to take them out. So not only are they dealing with people, but now they're dealing with generational curses. And on top of that, the people from Mount Seir. You say, Bishop, what is the significance of Mount Seir? Mount Seir is one of the mountains in, in the area where the children of Israel, were, you remember when they wandered for 40 days? Or excuse me, 40 years, rather. And they wandered, and they wandered. You want to know something crazy about that? They walked around the same mountain the whole time. Okay, your neighbor is asleep. So punch him. Hit him, get him. Get them. No, get them down. Y'all ain't doing it. Knock them out. They walked around the same mountain for 40 years. Listen, what does that represent? Stuff that they thought was over in their past showed back up. You ought to be leery when stuff from yesterday shows up in today because it's trying to mess with your tomorrow. If you ever want to know if God's trying to do something new in your life, an old lover will show up. Okay, y'all don't want to say nothing. All right, fine. So Jehoshaphat's response to the people, problems with people, generational problems, got it? And the past, his response to that was, let's fast. But Jehoshaphat was the only one that, that, that fasted. Daniel fasted. Daniel fasted. Uh-huh. It's in Daniel chapter 10. You can write it down and read it in your time. In Daniel chapter 10. Daniel had prayed to get an understanding of the vision for the king Belshazzar. And as he's praying to get an understanding of this vision, God sends an angel with the response to his prayer. One problem. There is a spiritual force called the prince of Persia that withstands the angel. The angel gets down to Daniel and says, Daniel. The moment you asked God, he took care of this. The problem is, the prince of Persia withstood me for 21 days. In other words, God had done it when you asked it, but you had been waiting on the manifestation of it. Are you in the place? What did I say on Wednesday? God said, it's done. You're just trying to get the manifestation of the thing. So Daniel's response was, for the entire time I'm waiting, which was 21 days, I will not eat any pleasant food, hence the Daniel fast. Because come on, somebody, dairy is pleasant food. I don't know about you, but I could just have cheese on meat and be good. Y'all ain't said that. Give me, a, give me a steak and cheese. I don't need no vegetables. <laughs> I receive the vegetables by faith. Come on, y'all don't leave me out here by myself. Come on, any fella say, Bishop, you're right. Just give me a steak and one potato with a big old half pint of butter on that thing. And I'm good. 
Y'all pray for me. I've got people in Denver in the health and fitness. Well, God bless you. <laughs> then you shouldn't come eat with me, all right? Because you're going to be offended at the amount of beef I consume. <laughs> Daniel said, I will eat no pleasant food for these 21 days while I am waiting on the manifestation of what I asked for. I like Daniel because Daniel is what Jesus talked about, the kingdom suffering violence, but violent men taking it by force. Daniel said, listen, enemy, you want to get crazy? Let's go. I will afflict myself, afflict my soul. I will fast for these 21 days. And here's the trip about it. Daniel didn't know it was going to be 21 days. He fasted until he saw what he asked for. Your neighbor's problem is they quit too soon. They stop doing and stop serving and stop working and stop pressing right before the thing gets ready to happen. Imagine had Daniel stopped on day 19. He never would have got to manifestation. And what he didn't know is all he had to do was eat some more pinto beans and some more brown rice. If they had tofu, I said he would have mixed some tofu in there and a pineapple for two more days. So not, not only did Daniel, watch this, not only did Daniel, the Bible says that Daniel, when he came in, the, the Bible says that Daniel, he was, he was intelligent. He had a spirit of excellence. So, so, so watch this. Not only did Daniel get the spiritual benefits of the 21-day fast, but he got the natural benefits of the 21-day fast. His skin was better. His pants fit better. Matter of fact, he had to go get him him because he lost about three sizes. He went down to, to the, he went down to, y'all, oh, y'all didn't know that this is the Bishop Foreman version of the Bible. He went down to the tailor to get his pants taken in. They was working on his robe. Are you getting this? He fasted, watch this, until the prince of Persia broke. I told you on Wednesday, some enemies you don't have to beat, you just have to outlast. They'll get tired of fighting you. That's like the scripture talks about the unjust judge, how this woman kept going to the unjust judge every day to demand justice. And the unjust judge says, I don't even believe in your God, but I'm sick of you coming, so I'm going to give you what you want. Sometimes you just got to keep showing up every day and saying, I will not be denied. I'm not leaving like Jacob until you bless me. I'm going to show up again. What is this? What, what, what's this? What, what, what's this? Bishop, what does the Prince of Persia represent? It represents excuses, financial lack. Low self-esteem, sin, oppression, being free but living like a slave. That's what the Prince of Persia represents. The 21-day fast did what? Broke him. Look at your neighbor and say, this fast will change your life. Jesus fasted in Luke chapter 4. You can write it down. We're not going to turn there. Bible says that, and Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and for 40 nights. For 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says he ate nothing, which means he was fasting now for 40 days and 40 nights. And it was during his fast, when his flesh was the weakest, that Hasatan, the enemy, the adversary came and he tempted him. He said things to him like, if you are the son of God. Cast yourself down. He said, if you are this, if you are that. So Jesus, because he's full of himself. What is he, Bishop? He's the word. So John 
chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is full of himself, so the only thing that comes out of him is what he is, which is the Word. He could have cussed the devil out, but he didn't do that because he wasn't full of that. You're trying to figure out why folk act like they do because they're full of stuff. And what they're full of just happens to fall on you. I don't know why so-and-so treat me like that because they're full of that. That's in them. I don't know why so-and-so lie like that because they're a liar. That's in them. They're full of that. But the fast can change them too. Amen. Don't point your finger at nobody. Remember, because Jesus will do it like this. While you point at other folks, he'll be like, whoop. What's this? Now, Jesus goes through the 40 days before the night. The angels come to minister him. But I, I think there's something interesting in the text. You can read it in Luke chapter 4. The Bible says that when he had completed his fast, remember, he started the fast filled with the Holy Ghost. But when he completed the fast, the Bible says he went forth in the power of the Spirit. That's interesting because he was filled with it, yet it wasn't demonstrating anything. So when he completed his fast, the demonstration of the Spirit began to happen. See, there's some stuff that God has placed in you and some vision and some wisdom and some knowledge that God has placed in you. And God says, all you're doing is sitting on it now. But he says, when you use this fast, it will begin to manifest itself and you'll begin to demonstrate it. The whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. What are the sons of God? Those that know how to manifest something that he placed on the inside of them. Who else should fast, Bishop? You should fast. So, so we got how many people fasting? We got Jehoshaphat and the whole nation of Judah. We got, we, we got Daniel fasting. We got Jesus fasting. These are the only three I chose to bring out today. And then you're supposed to fast. Now, here, here's the thing. You don't have to be saved for any amount of time to fast. You have to say, well, Bishop, I've only been back in church for two months. I don't know if I should be jumping in this heavy like this. You should. Touch your name say, you should. You, said, you may say, Bishop, I didn't know nothing about this fast until I showed up today. Praise God. You can start right after church. Bishop, I didn't eat yet today. See, God was protecting you. Fasting is for any and every believer. So we got the who down. Who's the who? Us. We be the who. who. Awesome country stock now 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 what is a fast is the next question so we got the who now let's get to what you ready now i hear people people critical me sometimes they say because if i was fasting tv that ain't fasting i didn't need to tell you i know preachers tell you to say that to make people feel good about what they're doing that ain't fasting though that's not because if i was i was fasting buying shoes that's not fasting that's called budgeting That's not fasting. I, I just need to tell you the truth. That's not fasting. Because you'll do that. You'll say, well, why ain't I getting no reward from it? Because it ain't fasting. Fasting means literally to alter one's diet or to not consume food. It's got dual meaning. Okay? That's fasting. B Bishop, well, wh why is that fasting? What's the other stuff then I don't do? That's called a consecration, the setting aside or the setting apart of oneself. So if you don't watch TV for, for 21 days, great. That's called a consecration. That's not a fast. If you don't buy shoes for 21 days, that's called a consecration and budgeting and debt-free 2011. 
Y'all is there enough? Okay. Now, that, that's what that is. Now, now, uh, uh, in, in Scripture, many times, and let me answer this question, too, because some people say, well, what's the big deal about food? Now, let, let, let's just be honest. I don't care if you size zero or not. Everybody loves food. It is our most primitive and animalistic desire to eat. If you ever watch Discovery Channel and you see the lions and the animals, their most primitive and animalistic desire is to eat. Eat and reproduce is all they do. Food, watch this, watch this. And if you're like me, you have a thing going. It's like you and Mrs. Jones, you guys a thing going on. Okay, I, I'm talking about me. You understand? You, 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 you like different kinds of food and lobster and shrimp, bacon wrapped shrimp, and coconut shrimp. Oh, I'm going to get you too. I'm going to get you. And grits and thick cut bacon from the pancake house. And real syrup, not that sugar free stuff. And collard greens and hot sauce. And Jesus. And some of y'all with me, you can do some chitlins every every now and then. And fried chicken. Popeye's spicy, white meat only. Two breasts, no wing, extra biscuit. Jalapeno, red beans and rice. They already know. Hey, Bishop. <laughs> hey, y'all. What you got my food ready? Caesar salads. I got this thing for Caesar salads. From Outback and Cheddars and them those croissants with that honey stuff from Cheddars. And okay. All right, I'm going to quit. What's the point, Bishop? We like to eat. <laughs> Even if you can't cook, you like to eat. Even if you don't really want to like your cooking, you like to eat. So fasting requires a lot of self-control and discipline because you're tempted everywhere you go. When you walk out of here, you got three temptations. Mickey D's, Subway. And I can't pronounce whatever that is over there. It's a lot of temptation. It's easy to stick a double cheeseburger in the middle of the fast because well, who's seeing me? God. So fasting requires you to discipline yourself. And, and, and Bishop, how do I know that? Because some of y'all will get attitudes. Because you didn't have your daily caffeine fix. And you didn't, but I just need to pray. You need to get unaddicted. Okay, I'm going to leave the food alone because some of y'all looking kind of tough. I'd hate to have to see you after service. So many times, watch this, the scripture says uh, the affliction of the soul is what it calls fasting because fasting means that we're putting our spirits in control and we're putting our flesh and our mind into subjection. What is your soul? Your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. It means I'm putting that under subjection, which means my emotions say I want a chocolate cake, but I'm telling it no. 
My emotions say I need a Starbucks white mocha, uh, tall, but put it in the grande cups. So I get X whipped cream. But the spirit says no. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, so, so, so this is why fasting is, is, is so important. Fasting helps you to focus on spiritual rather than natural things. Many, many people are talented, they're gifted, but they can't focus on anything. So they're like a laser with no point. They never do anything because they can't focus. Fasting helps you to focus. Now watch this. Fasting is not going to change God, not one bit. He's not going to change. He's not going to act different. He's not going to do any of that. What fasting does is it changes you. To align you with him. God doesn't look at you when you fast and say, you know what? You get three extra points. Because that's really great. No. He says, I can finally do what I've been saying I was going to do for years, but you were in the way. Are you getting this? Now, so, so, so we got the who. We got the what. Let's get the when. You ready? So because we're doing this as a corporate fast, but the truth is, is we should all live lifestyles of fasting. Which means whether or not the church calls a fast or not, you should just get in the lifestyle of a fast. Okay? And so you can't. Now, watch this. Let me go ahead and throw this in here. I just want to teach this. This is going to be very pedagogical today because I want you to be able to understand the totality of the subject. Now, watch this. Fasting isn't, well, I forgot to eat all day so I can get retroactive credit, right? No. Got it? Okay. Now, now look at this. Number one, when should you fast? When you're not hearing God clearly. Fasting will incline your ear to hear clearly from God. Here's the deal. God is always speaking, but just many times we aren't in position to hear him. Because he's only going to speak the way he wants to speak. You, 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 You ever been sitting next to somebody and because of the angle they were speaking at you, even though you were right next to them, you couldn't hear them? That's what fasting does. It gets your angle right so that you can hear them. Because if they're whispering back here, even though you're sitting right next to them, you say, I can't hear you. Fasting inclines your ear. Second thing, you ready? When you should fast. Uh, when you're frustrated and something is held up, when you get frustrated in life, your response should be, it's time to fast. Third thing, when you're facing an enemy, you should fast. Don't try to sit there and figure out how you're going to do it. No, you should fast. Fourth thing, when you're dealing, I already told you this one, when you're dealing with crazy folk, crazy foot people, Ammonites, you should fast. Fifth thing, I'm going fast because you can get tape. When you're dealing with generational curses in your family, you should fast. Sixth thing, when your past keeps trying to come back, you should fast. Matter of fact, you see somebody from your past, you should immediately fast. Oh, my God. That'll preach. <laughs> Got it? I mean, just automatically. Like, hey! And then Facebook yourself, hey! Okay, I'm going to start tomorrow at... <laughs> oh, I'm here to tell you. Because you're in the new year and you make bold confession like this is going to be the best year of my life. So Satan says, let me put somebody in there that can distract them because they won't even see it coming. So that's your, that's your automatic response. Got it? Seventh thing, when you got a bunch of excuses for why you are not where you're supposed to be, you should fast. Eighth thing, when you're dealing with financial lack, you should fast. Why? Because your natural response will be, well, I just need to go find two or three other jobs. And God will say, listen, I got something that I got set up for you, but I'm only going to tell you when you're fasting. 
Number 10, when you're dealing with sin problems, you should fast. That's number nine. Oh, I skipped one. So sin is 10. Nine is low self-esteem. So I know that'll be out of order on your paper. It's okay. If you got low self-esteem issues, you should fast. Bishop, how do I know if I have low self-esteem? You see everybody else doing well as you being slighted. You got self-esteem problems. You should fast. Got it? It's real quiet in the house today. Okay. Eleven, when you're free but you live like a slave, you should fast. Bishop, what do you mean when I'm free and I live like a slave? You say I'm the head and not the tail, yet you the tail. That's being free and living like a slave. When you're saying my God should supply all my needs, yet you have unmet needs, that's being free and living like a slave. All right? See, see fasting is powerful. Say fasting is powerful. Okay, now, where should you fast? So we got the who, we got the what, we got the when. Let's get to where. Right where you at. That's where you should fast. Bishop, don't I need to, you know, like get my body ready? No. I'm going to tell you what getting ready was. Yesterday at 11.50, You have your last temptation, and then you shut it down at midnight. Glory to God. If like me, you miss your last temptation. So you were already on it about, about 10 last night. So you had to put the meat back in the fridge there. All right, okay. All right, I'm the only one. What should you fast? You should fast, watch this, wherever you are in your life. Whether you feel like you're in a good spiritual place or a not good spiritual place. You feel like you're in a good financial place or not. Wherever you are, whether you think you're on the top of the mountain or in the valley, you should fast. Because while you're on the top of the mountain, I'm here to tell you uh, what proceeds a mountain is a valley. And if you feel like you're in a valley, I'm here to tell you you should fast too. Because what proceeds a valley is a mountain. How should we fast? You ready? I just want to give it to you. See, pedagogical. That means classroom, line upon line. Got it? How should you fast? Uh, while I'm fasting, I should be reading and listening to the word. Now, a lot of people, they don't fast because they just, they just changed their diet. Well, then all you did was diet. It's not a fast if the spiritual components don't lead the way. Got it? So you can't not eat the whole day and yet at the end of the day say, well, just thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful day. I just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, just bless over everybody. Got it? I'll sit next to somebody and they're praying for their food because we're going to talk about specifics in prayer when you're fasting. And they're praying for their food. And, uh, and they prayed out loud and I've listened to them. And so I let them pray first and so I was listening to them. And they said, Lord, just bless over this food. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I said, and then they finished praying. I, I looked. I said, so, so explain to me that. But just the Lord to bless the food. I said, so you want the Lord to empower it to prosper, to make it whole, and to do well. That's what you want them to make the food do? Because that's what bless means. To bless over the food, to empower it to prosper. That's what it means. They said, no. I said, they said, well, how should I pray? I said, I pray. So, so, so here's the deal. When you're, when you're fasting, not only am I studying the word and listening to the word, but I have to ensure that I'm praying specific prayers. Not vague stuff. 
Lord, just bless everybody. He's done that. So that's one he's not going to do. He's already done that. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Lord, here's the other one you can't say. Here's Christians. Oh, my God. Your neighbor does this all the time. Lord, just touch so-and-so. What does that mean? Because in the Bible, sometimes you touch people that hip don't work no more. Sometimes he touch people who open up the earth and consume them in a moment. So what does it mean, touch them? Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is so important. So, so the second thing I've already got ahead of myself is specific prayers, specific prayers, specific things, dates, times, actions, specific. Of course, I've taught you already about having a targeted prayer list. You should have that. And for those of you that downloaded the fast instructions, you have our corporate targeted prayer list. So you, you pray that every day. Got it? And remember, you pray once, thank thereafter. So every day, okay, because i got to just assume that some folks may have not been taught this. Every day, I don't pray for the same thing over again. So I don't say today, Lord, um, um, uh, I'm believing you for a job, such and such, such and such, thus and so. On Monday, Lord, I'm believing for a job, such and such, such, thus and so. Tuesday, Lord, I'm be- no, he did it on Sunday. So on Monday, my prayer is, thank you for the job, this and that, thus and so. Got it? Third thing, serving others and leading them to Christ. These things that don't get a lot of shouting. All right? When I get to Joel chapter 1, y'all going to be tearing the church up. But until we get there, this is where we got to go. The fast says, we read, he said that we're to serve others during the fast. Particularly people that are in a lesser predicament on you. Don't you look down on anybody unless you're there to pick them up. The only reason you should ever look down on anybody is because you reach it down and put your hand to bring them up to where you are. So serving others and leading them to Christ. Watch this. During these next 21 days, you are going to be confronted with multiple opportunities to lead people to Christ. And watch this. The Bible says, Isaiah 58, you just read it. If you don't do that, your fast don't count. Now that's something, ain't it? Because you think, well, I can just do this as me and Jesus and we're going to be good. Thank you, Jesus. No. He says, I'm going to confront you with opportunities to serve people that are in a lesser position than you. And I'm going to confront you with opportunities for people that are unsaved. And if you don't turn your heart toward them, God says, then this fast don't even count. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Watch this. Number four. I got to be consistent in repentance. Okay. Which means I'm going to make some mistakes while I'm on the fast because I, I'm, I'm, while I'm in the kingdom, I'm still got to deal with Adam's nature trying to pop up. So when I make a mistake, I don't sit here and wait. I immediately say I was wrong. That wasn't right. Not just with God, but with people. Because there's going to be some people that your nasty attitude is going to get on over these next 21 days. And you're going to have to immediately go to them and say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. That wasn't even right. I'm not even going to sit up here and act like I even got a justifiable reason. Husbands and wives, this next 21 day is going to be a perfect opportunity. Say, baby, I was wrong. No, baby, I was wrong. No, baby, I was wrong. No, baby, you, you was wrong. This is a perfect opportunity to exercise repentance. Remember, repenting doesn't mean apologizing. Repenting means changing directions, which means I'm not just apologizing for it. I'm not going to do it no more. 
When you tell somebody something hurts you and they continue to do it, it's because they don't care. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Uh, number five, number five, number five, how do I fast? I don't make a big deal about it to other people. Matthew 6, Jesus talks about how when people fasting, how they would, they would contort their faces so everybody would know they're fasting. You, you know them people at your job that maybe go somewhere else and whatever, and they, they come up, I'm fasting. And they look all tore down and messed up. And they just look like if somebody would just give them a happy bill. They'd just be all what they need. That's not how we fast. So when you're out sitting with people and you go to lunch with people and somebody says, I'm buying steaks for everybody, and you the one, you the one getting the salad with, you know, with vinegar and oil <laughs> and flaxseed. <laughs> when you're doing that, you don't get tell them, hey, listen, guys, I can't have that steak because I'm fasting. Oh, but wait until you see me in 21 days. Matthew 6 says you just lost your reward when you told them. Them feeling good about you being spiritual is your entire reward when you fast. Don't get on the phone and call family members. What y'all doing? Ooh, you know, we fasting. You just, that's your whole reward. Whatever they say to you is your whole reward. Matthew chapter 6, you got to read it in your own time. Got it? So when I'm fasting, I'm not making a big deal about it to others. When I go to Chick-fil-A, uh, 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 or, you know, well, I guess you can't go to Chick-fil-A. Well, no, they got their carrot raisin salad now. Now, wait a minute now. Wait just one minute. When I get my carrot raisin salad from Chick-fil-A, and the lady says, well, how else can I serve you? But I can say, listen, I can't get the chicken sandwich today because I'm on a fast. Woo! Give me 21 days. I'm going to be back in here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you're going to want to tell people because you feel real good about your walk with God. But that's the enemy's trap because if you tell to, in order to get reward or recompense for others, God says that's your whole reward right there. Got it? Why? Okay, y'all still here. Why? Why, why? why should we fast? Why should we fast? Uh, go to Joel chapter 1. Okay, I'm going to shout you good. All right. Give me five minutes. Those are preaching minutes. Now, remember, when we're fasting, we're making sure our motives are right. It's not to get spiritual brownie points or spiritual kudos. It's to change you. And as you change, he can move in ways that your flesh has presented, prevented before. In the, in the Tanakh, in the Mosaic Covenant, uh, they had what was called the brazen laver. The brazen laver was an interesting place because you had to pass it in order to enter into the Holy of Holies. And, and it was towards the front of the tabernacle. And, and at the brazen laver, there was a place where they could wash. But in addition to where they washed, there were uh, mirrors that were at the bottom of the brazen laver so that while they were washing, they could see themselves. Fasting is your spiritual brazen laver. While I'm getting things right with God, I need to see myself and I need to see myself in spirit. Watch this and in truth. Because if I'm in denial about where I'm at, how can I possibly expect to go to the next level when I don't even know the level I was on? Are you getting this? Now, 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 now. Joel chapter 1, you got it? Uh, go to verse number 14. What did he say? Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Get the elders together and inhabitants of the land. Go into the house of the Lord your God and do what? Cry out to the Lord. Now, go chapter 2. Because everything we're getting ready to read is directly connected to uh, chapter 1, verse 14. Verse 12, you got it? 2 and 12. Now, y'all got it? Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. With what? Fasting, with weeping and mourning. What did I tell you weeping was? Repentance. 
So when your garments and not uh, so when your heart and not your garments return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful; He's slow to anger and of great kindness, and He relents from doing harm. Who knows if He will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind them, a grain offering and a drink offering? Bow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call the assembly, gather the people, sanctify or set apart the congregation, get the elders together, get the kids and the babies, let the bridegroom come out the chamber and the bride come out the dressing room. And that's what he said, don't you be trying to make no big decisions in the middle of your fast. Because you haven't garnered enough in the middle of it to do it. Are you seeing what he's saying? Verse 17, let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Who should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Or why should they say that? Verse 18, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and he'll what? Pity his people. Now, this is a result of the what? The fast. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. Let me, let me just help you see what this is. Say grain. Okay, now, now we, most of us don't have agricultural lifestyles, so this doesn't speak to us. But to a Hebrew person that lived in the day, this would speak to them. Because if somebody says, I'm giving you grain, what they're saying is, can, can I tell you what that means? I'm giving you money. Okay, your neighbor must not speak of the English. Behold, I will send you what? Grain. Well, why do I need grain? Grain is seed. Why do I need seed so I can sow it? Or why do I need to sow the seed so I can get a harvest off the seed that I sow? Then look what he says. And new wine. Now, now wine, see, that, that doesn't mean much to the people today. Matter of fact, they probably think, well, no, I don't want no wine. I don't want no wine. <laughs> In context, wine means new joy. God says, I'm sick of you crying about stuff that this fast is going to fix because this fast is going to change your life. Then he says, then he says, look at this. And what? Oil. Now, where's oil? Oil represents the anointing. What is the anointing? The grace of God. Where's the grace of God? The favor of God. God says, I'm going to send you some money, some joy, and some favor. This fast is going to change your life. Okay, let's see. Some, some of y'all can't get with that because you think you ought to not have nothing, and that's fine. But for the rest of us, and look at the rest of the verse, and you will be what? Satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Let me translate. Amongst your family, you'll no longer feel like the black sheep. You'll no longer feel like the loser when you get around them. God says, I'm going to take away the reproach. When you walk around your friends, they don't want to be you. Okay. All right. Verse 20. Can I keep going or y'all want me to quit? But I will remove far from you the northern army and will drive away into a bare land and desolate land. With his face towards the eastern sea and his back towards the western sea, his stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. What is this? God says, God says, all the enemies you've been facing, what is an enemy? Anything that opposes your forward progress. He says, I'm going to handle them because what they've been doing to you stinks to me. 
They've done monstrosities in my sight. And you thought I let them get away with it. I just wanted to see if you were going to love them while I was judging. Verse 21, I'm preaching to myself. Fear not, O Lamb. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Don't you be afraid, beasts of the fields, and open pastures will begin to spring up, and trees will begin to bear their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield shall bear their strength. Be glad, then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. Now check this out. God says, I've been covering you all this time faithfully. But this fast, somebody said this was going to change my life. I will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Now, to a Hebrew, the first month here was based off the agricultural calendar. But because we're in the renewed covenant, we can take this scripture and make it apropos to us in context and in time, which means it's a chaos moment for us. Which means when he says first month for here, he's talking about January 2011. Which means God says, all of the way I used to take care of you, not only am I going to do that, but I got something called the latter rain. I got something called where you're not seeing it. I got something called where I'll move quick, fast, and in a hurry, and suddenly things will change, and quickly things will move for you. He says, I got this, but this is a result of the fast, watch this, and fasting properly. Look at it. Verse 24, the threshing floor should be full of wheat. And the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. There he goes again. But I like verse 25. You know I like verse 25? Because verse 25, say locust. Say like me, say locust. Locust in scripture are an idiom for bad decisions. Did you get this? Did you get this? Y'all still here? Okay. A locust is an idiom for a bad decision. The reason for some folk it's hard to accept the fact that God would just do for them is because they still see themselves as unrighteous. They still judge themselves by the bad decisions they've made. And so even though they're in Christ and they're a new creation, a new creature, all of these things, they still see themselves as a failure. So they judge everything based upon what they deserve rather than what he made them to deserve. The truth is, in your flesh, you don't deserve any good thing. That's the truth. The truth is, is you was low down, you were jacked up, you were conniving, you were a liar, you were a thief, you were a cheat in your flesh. But God, when he looks at you, he says, I don't see none of that stuff. I don't see you as an X this or an X that. I just see you as my righteousness. I don't see you when you had that abortion. I'm not even stunned that. I don't see you when you used to be an alcoholic. I don't even see that. I don't see you when you used to be an abuser. I don't even see that anymore. He says, verse 25, you, you read it. Stop, 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 stop. He says, I'm going to give you something that if you can't adopt the kingdom mindset, you'll miss it. Because I'm going to give you back the years you cost yourself with your own bad decisions. And you're not going to feel like you deserve it. So 
you're going to have to wake yourself up in the morning and pinch yourself and say, is this real? Did, did God really didn't leave me? He really didn't forget about me. He really didn't cast me aside. He said, I'll restore the years. Your bad decisions have eaten. Then he said, the crawling locust. What is that? When the, it was a bad decision because you made the right decision too late. Crawling, slow, slowful. The consuming locust. The consuming locust is a decision uh, that you made and you were completely consumed as you were making the decision. So you were really confused when you made the decision. So it ended up being a bad decision because you didn't know what decision to make. It consumed you. You're in here. The chewing locust. This is a decision that you still beat yourself up about today. It chews at you. It gnaws at you. And you beat yourself up for this decision 10 years later. God says, I'm going to restore to you the years. Now, now, it, it, can, can we get in the six feet water real quick? Okay, that ain't enough faith. I mean, that Read the end of the verse. My great army, which I sent. Hold up. Hold up. Come on, y'all. We're in the six feet water, so you got to. Got to breathe down here. God says, some of those decisions look like bad decisions. And I ordered that that was the decision. Because there's some stuff that if you didn't go through it, and if you didn't endure it, you wouldn't appreciate the place that I'm placing you in. So some of those decisions, the reason it ended up being like that, because I sent it. Okay, let's come back up to the two feet. Y'all can't handle that. We're doing that on Wednesday. Verse 26. You shall eat plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt wondrously with you. And you will never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. I'm the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Then he goes on. I don't have time. He goes on and he says, and, and this fast he says, what I'm going to do is your sons and daughters, the ones that's acting crazy, they're going to prophesy and have visions and dreams because this fast isn't just affecting you. It's affecting generations after you. Which means there's children that haven't even been thought of yet. That this fast on January 9th, 2011, this fast is going to be speaking in, in 2020. This fast is going to be speaking in 2030. This fast is going to be speaking later on. Why? Because God says, is this not the fast I have chosen? Why? To change your life. Do you receive this today? Do you receive it today? Won't you stand on your feet?